Hey everybody and welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Great to have you all with us again. So today we are joined once again by Georgia and Roger. Georgia who heads up Derby Giants' OKR culture practice and Roger who is of course the founding giant of Derby Giants. Um, <laughs> we are recording today. Um, the final episode of our cultural mini-series in which we've talk, been talking about the, the basis of a healthy culture for OKRs to thrive in and to allow you to get real traction and impact from your OKRs. Uh, and we're going to be building on the topic that we started to introduce for you last time, which is psychological safety. So if you're listening to this podcast and you've not listened to the previous two, I strongly encourage you to switch it off right now. Um, go away, listen to episode one, listen to episode two, then come back and, and join us um, for this third one because it will make a lot more sense in that order. So psychological safety and how it is the secret ingredient for a healthy culture then. Um, Georgia, we know a healthy culture is what we want. We've discussed why it's important um, for OKRs. Where should an organisation actually start in trying to accomplish this? That's a really good question, and it has many answers, depending on the culture of the organisation and the starting point with OKRs. Right. As a general principle, I think my advice would be start by talking to your people about how they experience the current culture or if you're working with a discrete team or tribe, actually you could do a psychological safety assessment to get some really good data about what was going on in that team. Um, but overall, there's there's almost an infinite variety in some ways of starting places, depending on what's going on in the organisation, how engaged leaders are, how much work has been done around culture and values in the past, uh, what the kind of behaviours are that people express in the current culture as to whether or not there's enough psychological safety to begin. Okay, so if psychological safety is is the foundation underpinning all of those different things then, um, is this on each individual within the business or is it driven from the top and from the leaders within the organisation? Well, certainly leaders have to drive from the top. They have to show, demonstrate, role model behaviour that will create or increase psychological safety in a way to invite everyone else in from the rest of the organisation. Now, as individuals, we do also have a responsibility to, um, to some degree, to create our own psychological safety. So just as an example, if someone is always avoiding speaking up in a team meeting because they've just got a crippling embarrassment of speaking in public and don't feel psychologically safe to do so. There is, there's, there's something for that person to work on on an individual basis because the organisation or the team or the tribe leader may well be creating the you know a great really healthy psychologically safe environment for this person with no fear of judgment or blame in terms of speaking up but they're still unable to do so does that make sense as an example but generally leaders have to go first 
yeah, you can make the most beautiful watering hole that that that, that appeals to the majority of people. But if if there are a few that don't want to walk forward to it and drink from it, then yeah, yeah. there's there's work that needs to be done at an individual level with there, isn't there? Yeah, and and leaders and OKR coaches can help that person, that individual, mm. by sitting down and talking with them about what's going on. Um, but that's probably a kind of extreme extreme. Yeah, for, for me, that is about taking personal responsibility. Yes. I think everybody needs to, you know, I think it's easy with something like psychological safety to go, oh, it's, 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 the, it's the responsibility of management or it's the responsibility of leadership. Well, yes, partly, but not solely. No. Yeah, I think everybody has an individual responsibility to, 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 to help build it and maintain it. Yeah, yeah. Is it often the case, though, Roger, or maybe not often, but sometimes the case that leaders think that they've built this um, beautiful watering hole that's, that's safe for all the animals to come and drink from, but oftentimes there's some, some alligators lurking beneath the surface, surface that the leadership might not even be aware of. It might might take a snap or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> leadership, uh, as we know from the work that we do with OKRs, often have blind spots. Hmm. Uh, they can't possibly have their finger on the pulse of everything in the organization and understand how everything is working and everything is landing and everything is being received. Uh, and they have to be asking the right questions and making sure that they're getting the right data in to to give them solid answers. And, you know, as Georgia mentioned, something like doing a psychological safety um, assessment uh, across the organization is, is a really powerful way of, of, of doing that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we've noticed time and time again haven't we in the language that is often used when for instance writing objective statements that you know leadership teams can often kind of assume that people reading it will have a prior knowledge of it Mm. and and, and all the context that surrounds it when in fact they won't because they don't live and breathe in the same world that leadership teams do so there is there there is more that i think leadership teams could do and this is a sweeping generalization i know but i i have yet to meet a team that there isn't more who, who couldn't do more to help others understand them better and for them to understand others better hmm. so, so that's to that on, georgia i'll say to use that watering hole analogy what leaders can do is create the environment where others feel safe to come to them and say oh there's an alligator snapping <laughs> yeah. can you help us catch it and deal with it so they're sat on the lifeguard chair by the watering hole then are they it <laughs> <laughs> If the animals come into the watering hole, never talk about the alligator and do everything they can to avoid it or pretend it's not there, actually, at some point, one of them's going to get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> we turned this analogy into something really quite special there, didn't we? Yeah, this is uh, going quite spectacular. Considering we hadn't rehearsed that. The individuals coming together. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right. So to bring us back around a little bit then. Roger, when it comes to OKRs, you know, we've we've spoken at length, not just in this mini series, but in previous podcast episodes and webinars and everything about the importance of a psychologically safe environment. And what we've just said there is that um, you know that safe environment and healthy culture has to be led from the top, has to be driven by the leadership. Yeah. Does this mean that OKRs should also come from the leadership and be driven from the top and cascade down? 
Lovely question. No. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> Simply put, no. Um, okay, it may sound like there's a contradiction going on here. Um, in 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 the in terms of culture, yeah, uh, it's down to leadership to set the temperature and to role model it. Uh, but it is, as we were just saying a few minutes ago, it is about people taking individual responsibility to then get on board with that and and buy into it and live it and breathe it and so on and so forth. Culture can't be done to to people; they have to, uh, they, you know, they have to buy into it and they have to adopt it and it, you know, and it, and they have to live and breathe it. Now, with OKRs, um, the way that we uh, uh, that, that we advocate they should be. Um, uh, a set, if you will, and structured, is that, okay, leadership often have to, they're the ones with the strategic vision. They're the ones that know, all right, it's, you know, I was going to say the long-term view, but it's becoming increasingly difficult to have a particularly long-term view, but they will have more of a strategic view uh, as to where the business is going, and the rest of the organisation might not have that sort of horizon. That that uh, their horizon might not be quite so far out. So therefore, it is down to leadership to say, right, these are what we're focusing on at a high level for the next period, by meaning maybe twelve months. Right. But that effectively that sets the perimeter of the playing field. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then. The question should be to the rest of the organization or certainly to those that are aligning into the OKRs, right, this is where we need to get to. What are your ideas? What are your thoughts about how we could get there? And it's from asking that very open question that you can then start to develop uh, what will probably be quarterly OKRs that can help drive towards those higher sort of organizational business level core OKRs that are a little bit more strategic in focus. So you've kind of got two different, very much two different levels, but I personally, personally hate the term cascade because to me, it it implies that, you know, we're setting yours and here they are. Mm. And, and it just, you know, and they flow throughout the organization, which, you know, you turn the clock back about five years ago, and that was what people wanted. That's what people were striving for. Yeah. But it's left individuals and teams feeling like they've been done to rather than, than they are very much helping to shape and and and, uh, uh, and and create themselves. So yeah, it is a massive, massive difference in terms of how you approach this. And it's you know people talk about alignment and so on and so forth. This is this is really really important for alignment. It's a vital part of it. It sounds to me as well though like it's going to come full circle, and that empowerment of the teams is going to start to create an even healthier culture within the organisation. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Definitely. Definitely. Because, you know, you asked if leadership are saying, right, this is where we need to get to within 12 months. What are your thoughts, ideas, suggestions about how we could move towards that over the next three months? The the implication in that is we actually trust you to come up with some decent ideas, which is why we're prepared to put the time and effort in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, because there's no two ways about it. It would be quicker it would be probably faster if if the leadership teams when right these are our 12 month okrs these are your 3 month okrs get going yeah see you later yeah 
and come back in three months and tell us how far you've you've you've, you've gone. But then no surprise they'll come back in three months and they'll probably be next to no progress because mm. they weren't their okrs in the first place meaning that they didn't develop them you know they themselves so the buy-in that they have to them is absolutely minimal or non-existent absolutely. Uh, and yeah so so the the point about trusting is really really important so it may be frustrating that it on the say on the surface it takes a little longer but what i would say is the, because because people are being allowed to kind of get their heads into what matters most to the organization and really give thought as to how they can, can, can contribute to it and how they can push it forward, their level of buy-in, their level of alignment, their level of understanding of those priorities is much, much greater. And therefore, you do start to get agility on a day-to-day basis because people get what the priorities are. So they become... Uh, they're not also they're not only more knowledgeable about what those priorities are. They also, because they've been trusted, have the confidence to make those small tactical decisions which are needed. About you know where do I focus today? Where do I focus this week? Mm-hmm. Instead of going, I think I might do this, but you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask my manager or I'm gonna ask for permission and do that right. You know, and that then s- slows things down. So. You're, you, my my argument is that you're actually building agility into the day-to-day practice rather than just getting a quick win when you set the the OKRs at the beginning of the of the process. If that makes sense. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs, helping your teams achieve their objectives, getting them aligned, and absolutely helping them stay engaged. Sharing spreadsheets simply doesn't scale when you're trying to grow a business. With Koan, you can scale OKRs across your entire company whilst keeping the teams motivated and moving in the right direction. Now, Lawrence, there's lots of things we love about Koan, but tell me one of yours. So I've got to say one of my favorite things is that Koan just allows you to have a bit of fun with the OKR process. Yeah. Um, in in series two, I think it was episode three of this podcast, we actually <laughs> spent about half an hour, forty minutes talking about the importance of making OKRs fun for your team. Yeah. Um, and and Coan allows you to do that perfectly. Yeah. You know, even just things like adding a, a gift to to your reflections adds some real personality. And I think I probably waste far too much time each week looking for the perfect gift. To be honest, but. <laughs> It allows that fun throughout the organisation, and that's something that's really important if you're going to keep people engaged. You are known for having the best gifts Thank you in, very much. in the team, definitely. <laughs> so if you would like to find out more about how to make OKRs fun uh, whilst using a great system, then pop along to uh, koan, that's K-O-A-N dot co forward slash giants, where you'll find also a great paper that we co-wrote with them on how to build accountability and collaboration using OKRs. So, Georgia, coming back around to psychological safety then, obviously it's, it's quite a broad term that's kind of banded around quite a lot at the moment. It is a bit of a buzzword, as we discussed in the last episode. Um, we know there are four stages to it. Can you talk us through these four stages? I can, certainly. Um so the model that we're, we're using, the four stages of psychological safety, says until there is the first stage available to people, inclusion safety, 
there isn't psychological safety. So people won't feel able to be themselves, bring their whole self to work. There's very likely to be a culture of blame or judgment or criticism. And so the whole kind of OKR philosophy and the agile philosophy around test, learn and adapt just isn't going to stick at all. The first stage inclusion safety means we can come to work and it's not expensive to be ourselves. We're not using up energy or effort in trying to be something that we're not or hide part of who we are. Um, And we feel welcome and we feel that we uh, can belong. We can choose to belong. And and that's just really fundamental in a team in order for someone to engage and speak up at a team meeting, as an example. Mm. The next stage is learner safety. Um, And I think this is really interesting because really until I came across this model, I hadn't really thought about what is the environment that's really needed for people to learn in, in an organisation, other than when I'm facilitating or training and creating that environment with a group of people I'm working with. And actually, I think organisations can make a lot of assumption that they've given people all the opportunities to learn things, but actually have they? Because if um, you get criticised, if you aren't able to learn fast or quickly or you can't learn this system or you find it difficult to learn in that way and there's only one learning opportunity provided to you and you miss it how does that impact then on how how willing you are to take the risk and extend the energy and make the effort to try and learn something particularly if that a lot of that learning as it often is with OKRs has to be done in public it has to be done with other people as we're testing and trialing things out together So that's the second stage, learner safety. The third stage is contributor safety. And that's the point at which we feel able to speak up, to put forward an idea, to say, why don't we try this without fear of the risk of being laughed at or put down or talked over or dismissed. So even though our idea may not get taken on board, we believe that our contribution is valuable and therefore we feel that we want to contribute. We want to generate those new ideas, think of ways in which the organisation can grow or take, take the next step forward, whatever it may be. And then the last stage is challenger safety. And what that means is that that it is safe to challenge the status quo, which includes the most senior leaders and the way we've always done things around here, without any fear of reprisal or punishment or any impact on our sort of personal um, place, if you like, in that organisation. So challenger safety is is you know, pretty rigorous in terms of what it means that we we will give honest feedback and candour and know that we're going to get airtime for that without being castigated or punished in some way. Um, and only seven to eight percent of senior leadership teams manage to create and sustain challenger safety. So that's interesting to think about in terms of um, the journey with OKRs and the accompanying journey with psychological safety. Mm, that is a really low percentage, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, that's quite shocking. Mm. Um, so when building a healthy culture where OKRs can thrive then, is it important for all of those four stages to be met in equal measure and worked on in equal measure? 
Um, uh, no, to to copy Roger's <laughs> response to an earlier question. <laughs> Great question. No, and that's because it will depend on where the team is at in right. terms of their journey to the highest stage of psychological safety. So um, psychological safety is always assessed at team level. I mean, you can do it across all, or a whole organisation, but you do, it, you do it team by team, and therefore each team may well be at a different stage and need different interventions or different support to be able to increase the amount of psychological safety. Um, so it's a... It's a you know, it's a, in some ways it's a challenge to work out quite what each team needs mm. and certainly dialogue and discussion, if not a, a, a team assessment, is absolutely the way to go to try and understand what's going on in the current situation. Mm. And, and Roger, can you just quickly touch on us how a couple of those different stages really do influence, you know, OKR behaviours within an organisation? Yeah, well, I mean, in particular, uh, challenger safety. Um, <clears throat> if you're going to be asking for ideas uh, from the wider organisation as to what um, uh, as to what could be done over the next the next few months to to help achieve the top level uh, OKRs, there's there's a um, uh, uh, there's a chance. And this is probably not a bad thing that there should be some challenge that comes back, you know, because the time before before people can start to make make suggestions, they have to fully understand and they have to certainly in the types of organizations that we work with. There are usually some quite vocal people who really need, you know, they need to get their head into it. They need to understand what's really behind it. And that's good, but that requires a degree of, of, of challenge of safety. And also uh, the other one about learning, um, uh, learning safety, I would say is, is super important in the early stages of OKRs because it's usually, you know, we've seen it, haven't we? We've seen a lot of nervousness around when, uh, 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 people are trying to adopt OKRs and they're very worried that they're getting it wrong and they're very worried that it's not working as well as it should and so on. And there's this kind of, you know, I, 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 I know we've said to clients, haven't we, on a few occasions, you know, it's going to take you three or four, you know, times around three or four quarters for you to get good at this. And they're kind of gone, really? Oh, all oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and they're kind of going, all right. So it's okay for us to make mistakes. Absolutely. It's okay for you to make mistakes. That's how you learn. In fact, we quite like you to make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, and Georgia mentioned the, uh, you know, the, the, the TLA acronym, the three letter acronym, the, the test, learn and adapt, which is, you know, learning safety is absolutely core to that. Because people will not be prepared to test if they are not safe enough to learn from, obviously, it's easy to learn from successes, but safe enough to learn from failures as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. Thanks, Roger. So we, we now... We know how important the four stages of psychological safety are. We, we understand how to connect those to a healthy culture and how they really are the, the linchpins, I suppose, for a successful, healthy culture. Um, how can we actually start to create the safety that we need for our team to succeed? I can pick that up. Um, Thanks, um, um, what I was reflecting on whilst listening to Roger 
is actually implementing OKRs, bringing OKRs in, is very aligned to the journey of the four stages of psychological safety (laughs) when done well. So when we include people from the beginning with clear communications and a clear strategy and um, people are invited and their participation is welcomed and their questions are welcomed at the beginning, we're creating inclusion safety. As we start to set up and implement OKRs, everyone's learning together how to write them, how it works, what the cadence is, what system we're going to use, how we tracking, recording, monitoring. And then as people get a little bit more practised in um, moving from one quarter to another, they'll they'll also increase in their confidence in terms of how to contribute and and what's working and and, and the learning and the contribution sit together until they get to the point that they're able to challenge. So actually, one of the ways to create the safety that you need for OKRs is to do OKRs well. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Roger, talk to me about engagement in a little bit more depth then. How can OKRs really um, impact what, what George has just touched on there, that the two going hand in hand? How can that engagement piece start to contribute to the safety piece? So, you know, I touched upon in my answers earlier a little bit about the process, the high-level process that we go through. And... You know, for, for leaders, some leadership teams, for them to uh, start asking for thoughts, ideas, contributions, suggestions on what could be done over the next three months, for instance, that's quite a shift. Mm. So they themselves have to feel safe in that, in doing that, not through fear necessarily of perhaps, um, uh, 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 well, actually, no, thinking about it, they could be fit some of them could be f- fearful of criticism they yeah. are they are kind of giving away a little bit of their power in doing that their power to make all the decisions their power to have all the control so there is a psychological shift which they have to feel safe in doing but i think by doing that there's a really really powerful demonstration that is made uh that is given to 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 the rest of the organization about you know, we're prepared to shift, we're prepared to change, we're prepared to try new approaches. And that does, to some degree, A, you know, start to say this is this is becoming a safer environment for, in which we can try new things. But also it does, to some degree, uh, throw down the gauntlet for the rest of the organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, it does, role modelling, demonstrating, does start at the top in this instance, Absolutely. Um, but you know, when we just come back to our analogy of the watering hole, they could start to build that watering hole and make it look really attractive, but then people, you know, and, and they can incentivize and motivate people to walk towards it and come and drink from it. But people still have to take the responsibilities who actually move towards it themselves. Yeah, nobody, nobody can be forced to, nobody can be made to. And it may sound a bit brutal saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are people, and we've seen it, haven't we, when we've done OKR implementations, who kind of go, I'm not up for this level of transparency. I'm not up for this level of engagement. I'm not up for this level of accountability. Um, so um, I'm out. Yeah. And, you know, they end up exiting stage left and they leave the organisation. And that that is sad on, on one hand, but, it, you know, ultimately... 
the question has to be asked, were they uh, or was the organisation right for them in the first place? Mm. And actually left to their own devices and, and not supported to understand that maybe the cultural fit isn't there, someone like that can very easily become an alligator lurking at the bottom of the watering hole. Yeah, <laughs> and, and create issues for other people because the you know the the reality is they will not be prioritising those key messages. They will not be supporting their teams or or staff members to prioritise working on OKRs and can really skew things in terms of strategic priorities if they just fundamentally don't agree with, don't believe in, don't feel comfortable mm. with the, those principles around accountability and transparency and rather than giving their power away redistributing reallocating the power and therefore the responsibility more broadly sharing it out more broadly um, and giving others the opportunity to step in and yeah contribute and challenge yeah and i've certainly come across that experience as well in okr implementations mm. okay cool so um Great little mini-series all around culture. Um, it's been a fascinating discussion. I'm sure the, the listeners will have, will have enjoyed it. Um, if some of the listeners are now kind of sat there thinking, yeah, all right, we, we do need to do some psychological safety assessments. We do need to measure our culture and our values. Um, what, what's the best way for them to get in touch with us and, and talk to us, Georgia? Um I would say give us a call or drop us an email and we'll happily talk to you and try and understand the context and the, yeah. and the situation that you're in because there are a number of routes to take this forward in terms of some of the measures and the, ass the assessments that we have access to. And it's really about talking through, thinking through what would be the, the best fit and sort of most pragmatic starting place to get people going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not a one-size-fits-all method, this one, is it? Mm. yeah so so head over to derbygiants.com the newly revamped derbygiants.com we should say um it's it's looking really snazzy now we're very proud of it so let us know what you think um all the information is on there uh, and of course you can always drop one of us an email the, the email addresses can be found online as well um and thank you for listening that has been our mini series all about culture roger georgia thank you for joining us for these three thank episodes you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, really enjoyed it. And uh, join us join us next time, guys. This has been Giant Talk, uh, the world's first OKR podcast, brought to you alongside the awesome guys at Coan. Speak to you soon. Bye.